Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 146, and today we're going to take a look at part 5 of the NFLPA, which is the National Football League Players Association. But first of all, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. So a big shout out to Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas, Pennsylvania, New York, in terms of countries, the United States and the Russian Federation. I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. And so I wanted to bring to mind the different things that are celebrated in the month of September. So being that we've had a holiday weekend or week or whatever, we're a little bit behind in terms of mentioning these things. So we're kind of be backtracking just a little bit before we move forward. So in the month of September, uh, some of the things that are celebrated or things that people want other people to be aware of is it is Alopecia Awareness Month. I did not know this until I saw this, but I think it's a wonderful thing to be aware of because alopecia is a autoimmune disorder where for unknown reasons the immune system attacks the I guess the hair follicles or the skin especially on the scalp. So people tend to lose either all of their hair or they lose their hair in patches. And so I just want you to know that if you have alopecia, there are resources and medicines that you can take to help you with that. There are pills and I think there might even be injections or infusions because a lot of autoimmune disorders they almost always originate with something going on in the immune system. So one thing you can take typically is you can take a immune suppressant or a DMD which is called a disease modifying drug. It's very similar to what people take for like rheumatoid arthritis and things of that nature. Another avenue that you can take if you don't want to take any medicine like that is I saw this online on YouTube where there's this guy he has a very nice uh I guess men's barbershop and what he does is he helps bald guys um with a tattoo on their head to make it look like they have hair so this is a very much a specialty so what this guy does is he he designs a haircut or a look that you know a bald gentleman or a woman would want either way And so what he does is he tattoos their scalp in the shape of that haircut that they would normally have if they had hair. What's really cool is that whenever these people get these tattoos on their scalp, you you can't tell it's not hair typically unless they tell you, "Oh, it's not hair. It's it's a tattoo." So it just looks like a guy has hair, but it's been shaved. So it looks really cool. It's really neat. Um the number one thing I like about that is whenever you see the guy's facial expression whenever they they turn the chair around and they show him what he looks like almost every guy that has gotten this done has broken down in tears and some of these guys are very like manly men right they're kind of the tough of the tough and to see a grown man cry there's just something genuine about that so if you have alopecia whether you are a man or a woman Uh do look up these really nice barber shops that do tattooing on the scalp to make it look like you have hair. So, FYI be aware of that. The month of September is also baby safety month, so that's good there. If you have a baby and you need help uh with the car seat being put into your vehicle, one thing you can do is contact your local fire department and the firemen, they will help you with that. Usually what they do, maybe they do this once a month or once a year, I don't know. It kind of depends on your area. But what they typically do is they have a day where they set aside the firefighters for um inputting those 
car seats into people's vehicles and just walking them through the safety of the car seats because you would think that car seats would be simple they're not they've been made so complicated by the manufacturers it's insane it's it's not simple like back when i was a child not by any means um, another thing that is celebrate in the month of, of september is a better breakfast month i think that's pretty cool i didn't know that um, one thing i've learned about cooking is that for breakfast you can definitely cook a breakfast casserole. Normally I can't stand casseroles because I hated them as a child because they were usually really gross. They were usually like some kind of chicken pot pie dish which I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't like gravy, peas, carrots. I I just I'm not a fan of all that. But these breakfast casseroles are really good. They they're some of my favorites. There's this one breakfast casserole that I really like. It has scrambled eggs. cheese onions i add red bell peppers because i love red bell peppers it has sausage you can add bacon like crumbled on top has cheese sour cream and then oh of course salt and pepper so these taste so good so you cook this large casserole and you can have that every day for like a week i mean at least for breakfast me personally because i live by myself i was eating it almost twice a day every day for a week because it tastes so good. So, you know, it's one of those things go with what you like, right? So, it's really good. Plus, when you have that much protein for breakfast, usually I didn't have to eat for hours afterwards because the protein really gave me a lot of energy and it also helped me with exercising because it helps to rebuild muscle that gets broken down when you're exercising. So, really good there and burns calories. The other thing that is celebrated in the month of September, it's it is a classical it says classical music month. Now even if you do not like classical music, I think you actually do. I think you just haven't found the right composer. So, I think that there are a lot of people they don't understand classical music because it's not considered modern music. Well, at one point all music was new. So, whenever you hear these classical pieces at one point in time, that was probably the one hit wonder way back in the day like the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. So, it's one of those things you know to have music appreciate appreciation I think is important. Um, you know, one of my favorite composers is Vivaldi, and he is a French composer. I love his work. Um, you might recognize his musical pieces. One of them is called the Four Seasons. It is a very popular. Um, I would say it's a stringed instrument uh, composition. There are other other instruments that can be played in it, but most of most of his stuff is more violin based or cello based, and that's what I love about it. But that was very that was very common. um during the time that he wrote those pieces and also it was very common for the violin to be used in France at that time a lot of his works were written for the catholic church because he was a parish priest technically he was not your typical parish priest he was predominantly a priest that wrote music for the catholic church so he wrote a lot of these masses such as like maybe a requiem he also wrote vespers and some of his vespers that he wrote are just so beautiful So for sure check him out and check out other uh, composers and just see what music you you actually like. So that's really cool because I have learned a lot about musical composers over the years. So like for example, I'm not a fan of very many modern composers because a lot of their music to me it's not beautiful. But then again, I was raised on Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, Vivaldi, a little bit of Dvorak and Schubert. Schubert um he died I think in his early 30s very young but he wrote so many pieces and one of his best pieces you might recognize it is Ave Maria. So he wrote that and 
It's just such an amazing piece that is still used today. It's used at so many different types of ceremonies and it's just a beautiful piece to hear whenever you go hear the symphony or the orchestra. So I think that is a wonderful thing as well. So in terms of the days of September, I'm going to list off these different days of September until today. So for sure, September 1st, they celebrate, I say they, it's just on a calendar of what things are celebrate. But um It is World Letter Writing Day. I don't know why that's particular. Then they have for September 2nd was World Coconut Day. I think that's pretty cool because I love coconuts, especially coconut oil because it's really healthy for your skin. Also, let's see here, moving on to September 3rd because we're just a little bit behind is World Beard Day. I'm not a fan of anything to do with beards um because there's so many men They don't keep them up very well and they look really gross like they just let them grow like peat moss or something or Spanish moss I should say. And um I'm not impressed with that. I think it's gross. I think when it's neat and tidy, almost like you know what the Persians do or the Iranians like they have very short beards like really close to the face. They really know how to upkeep their beards. Americans not so much. I think they need to work on that for sure. Also for September 3rd was International sorry International Turkey Vulture Day. I wasn't aware that would ever be celebrated. Also was International Bacon Day. I love that cuz I love bacon. September 4th was World Sexual Health Day. I didn't know that was important in regards to that unless you're talking about you know going and get a a um, what's it called a annual exam like a pap smear a mammogram and then also men also need to get you know their prostate exams things like that. and also do blood work to check your cholesterol things of that nature. And let's see September 4th is also World Samosa Day. Then it was also, let's see, moving on to September 5th was International Day of Charity. I think that's really good. It never hurts to help somebody out that is less fortunate. Doesn't list anything for September 6th. Um September 7th was Global Talent Acquisition Day. I don't know what that means. I think that's kind of weird. I don't know if that's like a HR holiday, who knows. And then September 8th is International Literacy Day. I find that kind of to be an oxymoron because we're not even teaching our children to learn how to write their names anymore. Like they're not being taught to print their name or to write their name in cursive. And that is part of literacy. So, you know, we have people that are now in their 20s, usually early 20s now, they don't know how to write their names. because they've been raised on computers and iPhones so much and they relied on that technology in schools that these kids don't have that skill set that's really sad because writing your name and being able to write a sentence is basic. So September 8th is also World Physical Therapy Day. I love that because physical therapy is awesome. I've actually had physical therapy a couple times and it greatly helped me out. So that is awesome. In terms of like I guess it also mentions that in terms of how these our months are broken up, you know, we have weeks within each month, right? Well, the first week of September, there's a couple different things that people have celebrated or I guess kind of bring attention to. For the first week of September, there was National Childhood Injury Prevention Week, which I guess is very important because children tend to hurt themselves and get in accidents. Hence they keep our ERs in business. Another thing that's celebrated during the first um week of September is National Waffle Week. I think that's awesome because I love pancakes and waffles. I'm more of a pancake gal than I am waffles. 
kind of depends on the batter. Well, let's see here. Then there's also National Payroll Week. That's awesome because people like to get paid. There's also National Assisted Living Week. I'm not a big fan of that because I don't like assisted living places. I think um, the American society as well as the European society is very quick to lock people up in nursing homes and assisted living once they reach a certain age. And I, I don't agree with that. I think that's wrong. I think people are quick to get rid of the elderly, and I think that's a mistake. So just my personal opinion. In terms of the second week of September, we'll finish up with these right here in terms of housekeeping. There's National Compassionate Leadership Week. I don't really know what that means, but anything to do with leadership I think is a great thing. Let's see here. Next is National Beauty and Barber Week. That's awesome because we talked about the alopecia thing that can help people there. Next is National Arts and Education Week. I think that's great. Um, I will say this in regards to arts and education. I just hope it's not art that is degrading because sometimes people will do things in art to... make it seem like it's art but it's really not. Like there's some art exhibits that I don't go to because they're just too vulgar or weird or bizarre. And there are some things that are not art. It's just degrading. So I think there needs to be some clear definition on on what art is and what the profane is. So that's just my personal opinion on that. Next is National Truck Driver Appreciation Month or Appreciation Week. I think that's really good because our truck drivers, they they do a lot. a lot for sure and they kept us afloat and basically alive during the pandemic because they still continue to work while you know a lot of us didn't have jobs so oh this one's really important national suicide prevention week this is very important and there was actually a cfo that worked for uh, what's it called bed bath and beyond he actually uh, committed suicide it was this month i don't remember what day but i saw a blurb online about it He's originally from Venezuela and then um got a job here in the States. And I don't know if he married an American or what, but um he threw himself to his death um from his New York City apartment. It's like a in a very expensive building with a very lush apartment or whatever. And um I guess what happened was he and several other people were being investigated for pumping and dumping stocks and making it seem like Bed Bath and Beyond stocks were um had a, had a higher value than what they really did and customers or I shouldn't say customers stockholders um they lost i think it was 1.2 billion dollars so it was almost like a 1.2 billion dollar uh, ponzi scheme basically so he was being investigated um by the government and instead of you know being held accountable for what he did do because it was very obvious that he did do something that was unethical Um instead of, you know, facing the music, he threw himself off of his I think he was up on the 18th story. And it was around midnight on whatever day that he threw himself to his death. And so just FYI, um if you're thinking about suicide, you need to reach out to somebody immediately and say, "Hey, I'm having these kind of feelings or emotions. You know, I I need to know what to do." Because even though that guy was not a good guy, that CFO or whatever with bed bath uh, bed bath and beyond I don't think suicide is ever an option. I think it's wrong to do that. And plus here's another thing. I mean, a court could have possibly found him not guilty. So, even though things can look really bad for you, don't give up. I still think he he should have been held accountable for what he did as well as what the other people did that were in cahoots on the pumping and dumping of these stocks. But, you know, killing yourself is never the answer. This also brings to mind about um 
it's going to be tough to say, but there is assisted suicide in the United States and in the United Kingdom and pretty much in a lot of other countries in Europe. And what I find interesting is that, you know, we have things like National Suicide Prevention Week, month, day, year, whatever, but yet we also have assisted suicide facilities. So it's like if someone is thinking about committing suicide and they call one of these hotlines, would it be appropriate to tell them, "Oh, you want to kill yourself? Fine. Here's a facility in, you know, Portland, Oregon or the state of Washington. Just call them up. They'll be glad to help you with that, you know, that wonderful decision that you're making because your life belongs to you even though you want to end it. You know, if you want to take a pink pill, you can take a pink pill. If you want to take a blue pill, you you can take a blue pill. Don't worry about it. We we know how to get this done. Here's the thing. If someone's wanting to commit suicide, is it appropriate to encourage them to do that or to give them access to those kind of medicines or drugs and also is it ethical for a doctor to assist in a suicide? Here's the obvious answer. No. None of that is appropriate. It's not right because part of the Hippocratic oath is a you know, all physicians are supposed to do everything they can to keep their patient alive and well. I mean, yes, our life is our own, but we don't have permission to kill ourselves. Like that's that's never appropriate. Even if it's even if someone's dying from like something really serious, there could always be a new invention or a cure that comes out right at the last minute. Like you have no idea what kind of drugs and you know research and development are being invented and you're know, being released onto the market in terms of modern medicine. Like you have to give things a chance. So just FYI, if you're thinking about suicide, please stop in your tracks and don't do that. You know, give your life a chance. And I I mean that sincerely by giving, you know, give yourself a chance. You know, just I've learned this over the years, just when things look really bad, things get better. So please be aware of that because it is very much important that people understand that your life is very valuable and that you are not on this earth by accident. It is very much intentional. God loves you. You know, he wants what is best for you and if you think your life is not worth living, then I think you really need to pray about that and give God a chance to help you with those feelings, those emotions, those thoughts. Because to want to end your life I I think is it's it's such a travesty. It's it's so horrible. You know, because I look at it this way, whenever someone commits suicide, whether assisted or not assisted, it's always very sad. It's never, "Oh, I I'm glad they did that." or you know I've never heard someone actually be happy that you know someone died when they had cancer. I have heard people say that well they're well they're not going to be suffering anymore. Well, you know that that doesn't really address the issue. Of course if someone dies, they're not going to suffer from the cancer anymore, but they're also they also are not going to be living anymore. See, here's the thing. I think people forget that drug trials go are going on all the time. And the United States is still number 1 in terms of medical innovations and inventions. And in terms of drug trials, we still have the most drug trials being conducted on the planet. So if you are suffering with something that is supposedly terminal or serious or, or whatever the case may be, you need to look up all the different drug trials going on within the United States and maybe sign up for one. It might cure you, it might heal you. I mean, why turn down a healing? You know what I mean? Like just that's what i mean by give yourself a chance like don't don't make a rash decision always look into life not death that's how i view it 
Also going on for the second week of September, moving on to something more positive because I don't like to be Debbie Downer. It is National Biscuit and Gravy Week. I'll skip the gravy because I'm not a fan of that, but biscuits, bring them on. I love it. And then it is in terms of the 8th through the 10th, it is National Days of Prayer and Remembrance. Then we have National, I think that's Nephrology Nurses Week. I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. Then we have Wine Dance Week. That's the second week of September. Then we have National Healthcare Environmental Services Week. I don't really know what that means in terms of healthcare environmental services. I have no idea. Um, let's see here. In terms of, let's see. I guess from sep from September 5th to September 11th is National um, Historical Black Colleges and Universities Week. You know, I kind of think that's a little odd, and here's why. And please hear me out on this. This might offend some people, but we just have to say it like it is. You know, I've always found it racist to have black colleges and universities, as well as to have black fraternities, because it's it's reverse discrimination. And I know from going to college, whenever there was something going on um, with civil rights or racism or something, um, the black fraternities that we had on campus were notorious for beating people. you know just being cruel to people because they were upset about something that was going on in the news media or they're claiming that someone's racist and I was like oh so you think because you're black that gives you permission to overreact and beat up white people or whoever you're angry at and be cruel it doesn't give you permission to do that your your skin color should not determine your decision making it should not determine what organizations you join or do not join and i have to say this the black fraternity on campus uh, of one of the universities i attended was one of the most racist fraternities i had ever seen in all of my years i mean it was horrible those guys well and there were some i think the black girls they had their own sorority as well if i'm not mistaken they were some of the most racist hateful people i had ever met and i just thought you know I understand that we had slavery here in the United States, but that's past tense. We don't have slavery anymore. And here's the thing: not a single person that is alive today was part of that slavery movement in the United States. And if anything, slavery it came over here from the UK and from Spain. It was not founded in America, but you know some of these people they they just kind of get. lost in their hatred and they don't want to acknowledge history and i think that's very i think it's racist and very ignorant to do that so me personally i don't think it should be legal to have black colleges and universities and fraternities because it's not legal to have white colleges and universities and white fraternities so to me it's reverse discrimination so that's my personal opinion and that's because i've seen the dangers of these um These organizations that focus only on the color of your skin—it was—it was always a problem in college. It was just horrible. And and for those that think that it's okay for um, African Americans to have their own colleges, their own fraternities, things like that, you are very ignorant as well. Like you do not understand what these groups think, say, and do. You do not understand the hatred that they have for other people, especially white Americans. And here's the thing: just because someone is white, 
that doesn't mean that they're that they are American. And here's another thing, white is a color. It's just like the color black. It's a color. So if we're not supposed to be racist, then we shouldn't be looking at people based on the color of their skin, which is exactly what these black colleges, universities and fraternities do. Like when I went to college and I you know, I had to deal with some of these crazy people on campus. I mean, just the hatred that came out of their mouth and it was usually during International Culture Week or something. And so, you know, like I went to a couple of different events where we got to try like different types of food from different countries, which was awesome. But then when they talked about the foods from Africa, that's when the the black fraternity and sorority got really angry and instead of, you know, letting us know about African American history and things like that, and instead of bringing the community together, they beat people up. I think they set I can't remember what they set on fire. Like they they did exactly what Black Lives Matter did. They beat people up, destroyed private property, and were cruel and hateful and vulgar. So, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? I think it's really sad. But that is all that I have for uh, in terms of talking about the month of September. In terms of talking about what specifically this episode is about, we are going to be talking about part five of the NFLPA. which again is the National Football League Players Association. So let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit. So the time frame that we are going to be discussing is from 2009 to present. So this is called the DeMora Smith era. So it says here following the death of Gene Upshaw in 2008, Richard uh, Berthelsen was named interim director serving from August 2008 until March 2009. Then the NFLPA board elected DeMora Smith for a three-year term as the executive director. I think that's really awesome that they actually elect people and they not just appoint people because I think it's a mistake just to appoint somebody because that's favoritism and nepotism. Surprisingly, this organization did not and does not show favoritism in terms of who they elect for their executive director because they they cast votes, they cast a ballot. I think that's the best way to deter favoritism and nepotism is to have equality within that. So I think that's really good. Now, this guy DeMora Smith, he's done a really good job at helping this organization be more professional. However, there are some people that do not agree with him or like him because he's I guess kind of aggressive and controlling. And when I looked him up and saw his picture, I was like, "Oh, okay, I could see that he kind of has this stern um look about him like like he's going to punch in the face kind of look so he's he kind of looks like a jerk i don't know if he actually is one but you know there's some people that the way they walk and talk and speak it doesn't always give the impression of friendliness that's what this guy is like he does not have the impression or give the impression of friendliness it's more about a power and control and here's the thing whenever someone gives that impression and it's not out of kindness or being a gentleman it typically tells me they should not be in leadership um however he has done a really good job at helping NFL players to make millions of dollars so i guess you know having that jerk uh facial expression i guess helps him get them more money so maybe it's just a front i don't know but there was a lockout in 2011 and it was due to 
a contract and agreement that expired was terminated and then they had a hard time coming to terms with or coming together with the NFL to work out what they wanted and one of the things that they wanted let me see here their agreement that they came to it says under the agreement which runs through 2021 revenue sharing the most contentious issue during the lockout was redesigned so that the players must receive get this at least 47% of all revenue and salary for the term of the agreement if that's not greed i don't know what is see that's where labor unions and trade unions show their true colors especially this one it's not just about doing what's right it's about money the love of money see currency and money in itself is not the root of all evil but the love of money is the root of all evil and here we see evidence that this organization and the NFL and the NFL players they have a problem with the love of money which is very evil so hence they they demand and want at least 47% of all revenue in terms of the salary so that is really shocking to me And here's what I want to say about this. You know, I've said times past in this podcast that if you want to find greed, don't look at Wall Street. Look every place else except Wall Street because Wall Street is not the only place where greed is, and that's not where the the most of it is, and that's not the only place where it's located. I would always look basically under a rock to see, okay, what's being hidden? Well, greed is being hidden within the NFL. and within this organization like this is 47% of the revenue okay we're talking millions if not billions of dollars and these players think they deserve it which they do not they're already overpaid they're already overincentivized they get cushy benefits that the average american does not get and here's the thing american citizens you know that attend these these uh, football games we are the ones fitting the bill for their overinflated income and their pension plans and their health insurance and things like that it's overinflated it's it's not normal salary ranges it's it's very disturbing to see this because this is not what a labor union or trade union is supposed to be doing you know most labor unions or trade unions they're they're trying to help people have safer working conditions you know this is the only labor union that i have found so far and we have quite a few to go through This is the only one I have found so far that um basically if they don't like what's going on and they want even more money then they just sue based on an antitrust lawsuit and they think that they deserve all these millions of dollars and they do not because the job does not match the skill set so you know and the salary does not match the skill set You know, it's like I said in another podcast, these guys are not doctors, they're not lawyers, they're not architects, they're they're not anesthesiologists. I mean, think about, it. here they are making millions of dollars a year, a year in multiple ways, in multiple ways, which means they have multiple contracts, multiple agreements, especially when selling someone's goods, like for example, Nike or Adidas, like they're making commissions, all these things, they're just like a used car salesman. So this is not a normal job. and this is not a normal salary and what's interesting is that you know people sometimes complain about the high price of the NFL tickets i'm like well then you need to take a look at the at the NFL contract agreements you know you know what these players are demanding so just be aware of that the the american people have enabled this that's the problem so here's another thing 
because these people are overpaid, it's one of the reasons why we have an issue with inflation. Because whenever you overpay people, especially for a long period of time, it directly impacts your economy and always in the negative. Like it's never a positive thing to overpay someone, especially in the long term, because it leads to inflation in so many different ways. And if you're thinking, well, Leslie, this has nothing to do with what's going on now. Actually, it does. Because, for example, I know that probably five to seven years ago, I noticed how expensive tennis shoes had gotten. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Well, one of the reasons why tennis shoes, like just exercise shoes, even just for women, not even the fancy shoes for men or whatever, even athletic shoes for women were going up so high so fast Like an average pair of tennis shoes can cost like $120 to $150. That is ridiculous. And it's like I'm not even playing like a specialty sport. I mean, I'm a runner, but I'm not like competing in anything per se. And that's how much these shoes cost. I mean, just look how much a look at how much a pair of shoes cost compared to how much the fuel in your car costs to fill it up. That's what I mean by inflation. So, and it's like I've said times past with this. Inflation doesn't happen overnight. It trickles in. But when it hits the fan, it's usually pretty bad. That's why we're having such bad inflation rates right now is because of things like this as well as the current administration that is, you know, crazy about environmentalism and it's just, you know, it's important to care about the environment. I'll grant you that. And we are supposed to be good stewards, but to punish people for having a car or raising the price of gas, you know, hoping people won't drive as much. I mean, that's exactly what happened in Italy several years ago. And it caused a it's caused a strike and a riot in Italy. Like that is crazy. But see, here's the thing, over in Italy, the government controls the cost of fuel. See, here's the thing. Whenever you get very progressive Democrats in office, they typically want to do things that are outside the norm and are not pro-America. I have no doubt that the very progressive Democrats in this country would love it if the government just ran everything. Well, if you want to know what it's like when the government runs everything, look at what is happening, I would say in the UK, Venezuela, oh, the, the Soviet Union. Look at what happened during the Soviet Union years. And you know, look at what's going on still kind of in the Soviet bloc. So just be aware that whenever you put your government in charge of everything like that, which is what the what the Democrats currently want to do, you're basically creating a dictatorship. They may not want to acknowledge that, but that's what they're doing. So just be aware that government should never be in charge of your fuel. The government should hardly be in charge of anything because we the people are the government. So this is why I mention this because we the people you know of the United States I'm trying to think of how to say this and not um be negative but here's the thing America has allowed and tolerated and encouraged the NFL to be the way that it is today because we enabled it so just be aware that the issues that the that the NFL is having and has had for several years it's our fault because we allowed it I mean you know we're not the brainchild You know, we're not the one that thought up all these really crooked deals and contracts worth millions of dollars, but we allowed it. And the reason why we allow it is because, you know, we allow it, you know, for the sake of entertainment because you know, we value those Super Bowl parties. And I'm just like, really you value chips and dip and beer more than doing what's right? 
Like that that's really where we need to be thinking about this because if you don't agree with these people being overpaid then you shouldn't be watching any type of football game. You should totally boycott it. But I guarantee you America is not going to do that because we love our pastimes so much that we basically sell our soul for money, which is basically what these guys have done. And unfortunately they have used a loophole within the antitrust lawsuit realm to get all this done. That's a very crooked way of doing things. So, you know, if if ever you're going to talk trash about a car salesman or a car dealership, then you also need to call it like it is with the NFL and these NFL players and their labor union trade union association because it is very crooked what they're doing. It is very crooked and they fly right under the radar all the time with this. They always find a loophole and believe me, they know how to find a lawyer that can get stuff done. Why? Because they have a lot of money. It's easy to pay someone to cover your back, right? So another thing that was part of their agreement was to put a limit um a limit that was placed on the amount of money given to rookies. Now, I think that's pretty stupid because a rookie just because someone's new at the job doesn't mean they don't deserve to be paid equally or fairly. And I'm not saying that everybody should get paid the the exact same wages, but I know from experience in times past, there were times that I didn't get paid what I was supposed to get paid just because someone else had worked there for 30 years. I could care less how long someone worked there. That doesn't mean I should make less. Like your employment is based on your experience and how good you are at your job. Like you shouldn't have to work somewhere for 20, 30, 40, 50 years in order to make really good money. However, whenever young people speak up about this and I spoke up about this all the time, especially in my 20s, whenever I spoke up and said, "Hey, just because I'm younger than you doesn't give you permission not to pay me what I'm owed and what I deserve." And it's very rare that I say what I deserve. What I'm saying is you need to pay people appropriately for their skill set as well. So whenever I see that that they're not paying the rookies what they should be getting paid, that is a true and telltale sign of fraud and embezzlement. So just be aware of that. Hopefully they're doing audits, hopefully so, internal and uh, internal and external. goes on to say 50 million dollars was set aside annually so every year 50 million dollars is set aside for medical research and approximately 1 billion dollars would be set aside for retired player benefits over the life of the agreement now here's the thing it says 50 million dollars is set aside annually so every year 50 million dollars is set aside for medical research i hope this isn't going towards that stupid research that they're trying to figure out about concussions and things like that because they have only themselves to blame for that because NFL players have been playing in a very unsportsmanlike conduct and what they have been doing is they have purposely been hurting other players and other teams especially with their helmet and they use their their head and their body as like a torpedo and they really intentionally harm other players well They need to be thrown out and be kicked out of the NFL if ever they purposely harm someone like that, but they don't do that. So this 50 million dollars going towards this medical research, I think is a joke. And guess what? Who's paying for it? You and me. Whenever you pay for a ticket to go to one of these football games or you're paying for a box office suite or maybe you're buying, you know, shoes or a jersey or whatever the case may be in regards to NFL or NFL player or team or whatever, part of your money is going towards this stupid medical research fund. It's like, "Gee, if you just stopped beating each other 
and start being gentlemen even on the field, maybe you wouldn't have those issues. Maybe you wouldn't have so many brain injuries. Think about it. The other thing that I find that's kind of frivolous and stupid is the $1 billion that is set aside for retired player benefits. Here's the thing. Let's say, for example, there are Wall Street execs that they set aside a billion dollars for their retirement benefits. Whenever Wall Street executives or even, or even bank executives or CEOs, whenever they set money aside for their retirement, the American populace gets so angry and says, oh, look at those rich people. Look at what they're doing. They're just trying to hoard money. Well, if that's what you think about those rich people, then that's what you should be thinking about these NFL players. See, because here's the thing. They made millions of dollars throughout their career. They are financially responsible for themselves, especially their retirement and their health care. So why are they getting an additional billion dollars set aside for them when they retire when they already made millions of dollars a year while they were playing football? It's the exact same thing, but it's just that these guys are not bank executives. First of all, they're not smart enough to be that. Number two, I don't think anyone would hire them. And number three, that's not their industry. But here's the thing, whenever Wall Street, whenever like a hedge fund manager retires or a banker retires, if they have any kind of assets set aside for them for you know, their retirement benefits, oh my gosh, it, you know, there, there are some crazy liberal Democrats that form a Senate a committee hearing and they really grill these execs and these Wall Street people. And it's like, you know, I think that's calling the kettle black because even senators and, and congressmen or whatever – They get really cushy benefits, not like NFL players by any means. But here's the thing. If people are going to talk bad about the wealthy when it comes to Wall Street executives retiring and bankers retiring and hedge fund managers retiring or pharmaceutical CEOs retiring, I mean, if you're going to say not nice things about them and say, oh, they don't deserve that, then you should be saying the exact same thing about these NFL players when they retire. Because NFL players, they, they, they are multimillionaires, most of them. Like 99.9% of them are multimillionaires. That's just how it is. Not all executives on Wall Street are multimillionaires. Not all bankers are, are multimillionaires. Not all pharmaceutical CEOs are, are multimillionaires. But yet they get shamed and blamed for being wealthy. My personal opinion is, why is the NFL and, and these players, why are they kind of given a free pass on this? They shouldn't. It's like if you're going to shame, shame and blame someone over here, then if you're going to be practicing equality, then you need to shame and blame you know, the NFL players as well. My personal opinion is, stop shaming people for doing well in life. I don't agree with how much money NFL players make. I think it's ridiculous, but at the same time, it is their livelihood. It is a contract. It was negotiated. It is what it is. It's the private sector. Technically, what they're doing is not capitalism. It's greed. It's leasing and fleecing. And it's leasing, the, it's leasing and fleecing the American people, which I will always have a problem with. But here's the thing. It's the private sector. So it's one of those things that If you're going to have equality, you have to have equality all across the board. You cannot pick favorites. Otherwise, you do not have equality. You have inequality. 
And as a country, we're better than that. I mean, just think about how far we've come in terms of being a nation, like in terms of being a country. We have not been a country very long compared to other to other nations. We just haven't. But we've done more than pretty much any other country or nation on the planet that has ever been a nation or a country. Like we we are number 1 for a reason. So I think we need to really focus on the fact that we do have equality. We need we need to put our differences aside and we need to stop having this divisiveness within our country. I think one way to stop the divisiveness is to turn off the news. Especially if it's liberal or really far out there progressive because that, that stuff does not help the United States because here's the thing we were not founded by liberals or, or progressives we were founded by people that were against tyranny of all kinds like they were the conservatives of their day they they were the rebels of their day as well because they went up against the monarchy of England and they risked their lives for this country to found it but you know being liberal and you know and crazy democrat or or progressive that was not on the radar in terms of the united states until i would say at least politically until like the 1960s or 70s now radicals and progressives had already entered the country and they had immigrated here they they immigrated as anarchists and so a lot of these anarchists they started labor unions and or infiltrated labor unions to think in in a anarchist kind of way. So a lot of that thinking was already here, but it didn't go mainstream until like the 60s or 70s. And I think the only reason why it went mainstream during that time is because you had the invention of birth control, you had the sexual revolution, you had the legalization at a federal level of abortion. And then you had oh yeah, Jimmy Carter become president, which was a nightmare for our country. So it's just one of those things that when you have all these things line up i can see why the united states has had some of the issues that it's had but i do think that we can always make it better and we can always have a better country but you cannot have a better country if you are playing favorites and that's one of the things i don't like about the nfl like like i remember i think i've said this before in a previous podcast you know regards to domestic violence the nfl you know they they had the nerve to lecture the American public during a NFL game on a commercial about the dangers of domestic violence. And I'm like, "Wow, so does that mean you're going to stop hitting your own women first before you start lecturing us about stuff? Like we already know about domestic violence out here in the real world. You know, I guess it's the NFL players that don't understand that, hey, you can't be breaking the law like that. So why don't you take your own pill first before trying to lecture us? See, that's the arrogance and the audacity of the NFL. They think that they are the geniuses, the whiz kids, and that because they make millions of dollars, that gives them permission to tell other people what to do. It's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. You know, we're equals. Like just because someone makes way more money than me, that doesn't mean they're better than me. I mean, I wish them well. I think it's great that they are tremendously successful, but that doesn't give them permission to lecture me or tell me what to do. or to shame me or blame me or try and convince me that their way of life is better. It you know, it's just money is money. Like I look at the person's character and when I take a look at the at the NFL and their players, I don't see very much character. That's why I think that every single one of those NFL players should be given a bible. I really do because it's rare for for NFL players to be good Christian holy men. 
It's rare for them to be good husbands. It's rare for them to be good boyfriends or fiancés. It's rare for them to be a good parent. It's rare for them to be a good dad. How sad is that? How sad is that? That these guys, they're put on a pedestal like they can do no wrong and they make millions of dollars, but they they are some of the worst examples of how to live your life in terms of being a part of society. That's my issue. I think every single one of those men has a golden opportunity to be a Christian, Christ-filled individual and to be a, a good, holy man and be, you know, be like King David, a, a man after God's own heart. See, here's the thing: when you have problems with greed, when you have problems with the love of money, which again is the root of all evil, it's very difficult to be holy when you're unholy. That's why I wish these guys would be given a Bible and actually read it. Because I think they they have a responsibility in our society to be good examples especially to young men. But the kind of example that they are to young men right now is not very good. It's more like look how much money I make and look at, you know, how much I can get away with. That's the example that I see going on within the NFL and I don't think it's very good for our young people. I just don't. I think things could be a whole lot better and I think the NFL owes it to the American people to stop being greedy and to act like gentlemen. You know, it never hurts to have class. It never hurts to have class. But I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole. that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
winter Don't let this world go down without a fight And I still hold 